You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We'll get a little take command bonus action, if you will. Now, Logan Paulson is with us. What's up, Logan? Not much, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, we, we booked you to come on and talk about Bobby, and certainly uh, we will, but I guess we also get to talk about Carson now. Um, I mean, frankly, from the like the football side of things, Bobby's the more interesting story uh, in terms yeah. of going forward. Looking back on Carson is something that I'm going to have to wrap my brain around, and we can start doing in a second, but uh, were you surprised at all with the McCain cut? Considering we literally this morning were talking to Mike Renner on the podcast about the slot nickel safety situation and the fact that there's an area of need for this team. Yeah. I mean, I think it's ultimately I am not surprised because of the amount of money he was due this year, but from a play standpoint, I thought he, he, he was doing a good enough job that he, you know, warranted being on the team. But again, we've always talked about does your price coincide with um, the way you're playing. And right now I think there was probably a little bit more value in terms of the financial uh, kind of aspect. And in terms of play, he was doing a fine job, and I think he was filling out a role nicely. I also think it's just a good sign for some of the younger players on the roster, specifically, uh, you know, um, Percy Butler and all those guys, like guys that can step into larger roles. You know, they tried Percy Butler in that role earlier in the offseason. It didn't quite work out. But after watching him in the Dallas game, looks like he's maturing as a player. So I think it's it's a myriad of things. Um, I, I, Bobby's going to get picked up someplace else, probably for a considerably smaller number. But he's a good football player. This is what happens, you know, at the back end of some of these deals. The, the number gets too big. The team's got to move on. This is the right decision for the team, uh, even though Bobby was playing well. And, and like we talked about with Mike Renner earlier um, on our podcast, the um, – the whatchamacallit, the, the, this is a deep draft in terms of corner, right. safety, nickel player. So you can probably fill that need if you need to. Or you go veteran player uh, in free agency if you really need to do that also. Yeah, I feel like they're, that's just off the table, though, because at that point you just keep McCain. Um, just just to housekeep here, um, had the wrong number earlier. Um, he was set to make 4-4 four, four this year uh, in cash. Uh, his cap hit was going to be 5-1. The... By cutting him, they save two point two point three million. Uh, Wentz, they save twenty six. We'll get, uh, of course, to Wentz in a second. But the the thing is, like, by bumping Butler up the depth chart, which is what you want to do with him anyway, you bump him up the depth chart. Then you you dra- draft a young guy that can go at the bottom, unless you go like you know Branch at sixteen and and like you fill that position in the first round. Uh, in which case, obviously, that guy's going to make a little bit more. But, like, ideally, you're filling out the, the back end of the roster here with a special teams, young guy, safety that can develop into someone in a couple of years, um, but isn't going to be required to do a lot immediately. And that more fits the salary because they wanted to get Butler more snaps anyway, and there's just not enough room for four safeties on this roster, even though they somehow did actually kind of play four safeties at times last year. 
Yeah, well, I also think this could be an indication of what you want to do at 16. You know, you mentioned Brantz, but let's say, you know, you go Joey Porter Jr. or Christian Gonzalez, like one of those guys falls to you at 16, and then Kendall Fuller bumps inside. I, I think it's just, it's kind of, you need to get better, you need to get younger, you need to do some things at the position, and I think this is just an indication of that a little bit. You know, obviously you want to get cheaper, that's always a big thing, especially when you've got some big contracts slash extensions looming like we've talked about on our show quite a bit. So I do think that that is... Um, is definitely something that needs to be considered. Um, but yeah, ultimately, like not a super surprising move because of the, the financial number. Fina- it's surprising because of the play aspect of it. But overall, I think, you know, good luck to Bobby. Uh, he's he's going to get picked up. Yeah. Um, and I think there is, you mentioned that the, the veteran thing is not a possibility. It is a possibility. I mean, if you were able to get a veteran in here for two, $2 million a year or something crazy like that, um, then they would probably kick the tires on that and see how that looks. But I definitely think as of this point, you're probably thinking, get younger, draft a guy, but it's not outside the realm of possibility if they were to sign somebody. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, it's just, it's going to be hard to find someone at that number. Um, but McCain ultimately, uh, winds up getting cut after a couple of years in DC. Again, good, good football player played really well in that kind of slot nickel hybrid role this year, better than he did when he was stuck in the post. Um, but, they move on. They've got other guys on the roster, and we'll see what they do in the draft. Uh, it's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Logan Paulson is with us. We'll get to a couple other potential cap casualties in a moment, but we can go ahead and cross Carson Wentz off the list. He has been officially released. Um, I mean, we knew this was coming. Uh, it's $26 million in cap savings. This definitely validates their decision last year to not restructure his contract and make it kind of a trial year and eat it all in one year in terms of how it ultimately goes down. But it does kind of now leave the question of, okay, the Carson Wentz era is over after one year in DC. How do we look back on it? So as we like think the big picture and rewind a year when they make the trade for him, what did you think then versus what you think now and, and how it all played out? Well, I think from a process standpoint, <clears throat> this is something I said before, I think the process is, is right. I think you want to kind of keep taking shots at quarterback until you find your guy. I think there is a school of thought that you draft a quarterback potentially in the first round, like every opportunity you can, because it's really hard to find that guy. It's the most valued position on the field. So I think this is kind of an extension of that philosophy. And I do like the fact that it was only for a year. Financially, it's a little bit cheaper than you would have gotten kind of those other kind of you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's, Derek Carr, those types of names. He's a little bit cheaper than that. So I don't, I think the, the risk, the financial risk associated with it is worth the reward, especially given that they're out of the deal this year. So I think ultimately, like, say what you want about his time here. Like, ultimately, that's what you need to be doing is taking shots at quarterback. And I know this fan base is not super fired up about that because of the history of this organization and the history of the organization recently with quarterbacks. But like, look around the league. A lot of teams are unhappy with their quarterback situation, and they're engaging in similar processes, right? So I think we're in a cool spot now with a young guy, which they drafted last year. Again, g- good process, right? You bring in the, the high-priced free agent. You draft a young guy, a guy that you have a very high grade on. There's a, you know, Daniel Jeremiah was talking about how he had a second-round grade on him uh, or had him in the top 50, I think, which is, again, probably a second-round pick. So second round pick start in the NFL. And so he's here on your team now because of good draft and free agent process. So hopefully you get a hit here. And if not, you're going to be doing it again next year. I know that's not what people want to hear, but ultimately like this is, this is, this is how you find a quarterback. Just get people in the building, give them opportunities and hopefully something sticks. 
Yeah, I, I think when you say good process, people freak out. Um, I, I don't disagree though. It's a good process, a bad evaluation. Yeah. Like that to yeah. me, that's and that and look, we were different on that at the time. You were not like you were psyched about it. You were like, I see, I can see how this yeah. could work. I was much more in my very uh, radio hosty kind of way. You and your uh, coach, scout, former player nuance were like, ah, I could see whatever. I'm like, this is going to fail. Uh, and, you know, turns out that right. I was right, right on this one. Um, certainly, certainly been right before. Certainly been wrong before. But on this one, I got it right. And and it just that's the thing. And, and that will ultimately be my question if I get a chance to talk to personnel folks at the combine this week. Um, on or off the record, I'll just be like, did, what did you learn from the evaluation? What did you, when you go back and you say, all right, I, we did the right thing. We took a shot, but we thought this would work because X, Y, Z and X, Y, Z didn't happen uh, or X, Y, or Z, whatever it is, the factors that they missed on. I just hope they learn from that. Because the idea of taking a shot on quarterback, especially one that was as relatively low risk as Carson, is, is get it is you know they lost a third round pick that sucks. They lost they a couple of other pick. yeah they recoup it with the sheriff thing although it's lower in the third round. Yeah. Um, but like they they knew that going in fine. I think the the harder thing to swallow potentially is like did it cost you Tim Settle or Matt Ioannidis mm, and yeah. you know did it cost you another player from cap stuff. You know, ultimately they were able to sign Terry and and they didn't make a long term commitment. So like I'm fine with the risk if it works out. But they need to figure out why it didn't work out. And that to me is is the question that's worth examining if I'm them is you know, and making sure that you get that part right. Because the other thing too is Rivera has been like, Oh, well, this year we're definitely not spending like we tried that path. And it's like, no, no, no. The path could have worked, yeah. but you missed the evaluation. Why did you miss the evaluation? When, and when you look at the tape and kind of talk to people around the building or whatever it is where you come to your conclusion, I certainly have my theories, but I'll let you go first. Like, Where did they miss on why it ultimately didn't work with the evaluation and the fit or just as Wentz done as a player, which is, I think, also possible? Well, I think it's something that, you know, Mike Renner brought up. They were playing like this what if game, I think, right? They were like, what if we can get him back to his MVP, cal- MVP caliber season? Like, what if he plays like this? What if this happens? And there was a lot of things that said, oh, yeah, well, maybe you can get back there. There were some really good data points from Indianapolis, I thought, that kind of said if you insulate him, if you execute an offense this way, yeah, he can find you those big plays. He can be good off play action. it would be good in the quick game, all those types of things. But you really got to call a game that suits him, and you got to build an offense that suits him. And so when they brought him here, like that was my expectation was that they were going to kind of do that a little bit more dramatically. Right. And then they didn't really lean into that as much as I thought they should have. And that's fine. Right. Obviously we see the fruits of that kind of decision, but I also think one of the things that needs to be kind of harped on is like how well or how capable was Carson of learning a new offense. And that's something that again is really big in the evaluation process that I think a lot of people overlook. Like you just assume that an NFL quarterback can get in and kind of make this evaluate, make, make this transition to a new offense, and that's not always the case. So I do think that you know, like again, we, like we talked about with Mike Renner in the what if game. There's guys this year in the draft, right? People are playing the what, what if game with Anthony Anthony Richardson. And I was listening to Daniel Jeremiah's podcast earlier, and one of the things he said is like he's out of his top five quarterbacks just because of pure statistical analysis and film but people are going to say he's the big lottery ticket and I do think there was a little bit of that with Carson Wentz right instead of going a more conservative you know 10 to 15 million dollar a year veteran you know Jameis you know retreading Ryan Fitzpatrick whatever who that person is they said we need to make a bigger splash and I do think we've talked about this on the show 
there was an element of like we need to kind of appease the fan, fan base an element of that you know i think boy they missed that on that person. as someone who was yeah. hosting a radio show the night that they made that right. move right and so so but i do th- i felt like they needed to do st- they, yeah I've, and there's nothing that i have to support this i haven't talked to anybody but it felt like they were trying to appease a group of people right so you know they were playing the what if game can we get him back to his mvp season um they're they're doing um kind of this i think they undersold how hard it would be for him to learn a new offense and then I do think they were trying to make a splash. You know, they were trying. I think that you're right on all of it. And yeah. they did it. So. Yeah. No. To your to your last point, I think that's 100 percent correct because they tried to kind of run it back and do the mid tier veteran thing the year before, and it failed with Fitzpatrick. Mm-hmm. Um, the irony is, we we certainly think that it would have gone better if they had just not signed Wentz uh, or not traded for Wentz and ran it back with Heineke last year. Yeah. Um, and again, like that's why the. You sh- fans should be a little bit hesitant about the idea that they're not pursuing the Derek Carrs of the world this year. It's like, just because you did the wrong thing last year or didn't work out last year doesn't mean that going the other way is the right move. Like, you have to do the right move with the right player at the right time. Right. Um, I think they just, I think they misread who Wentz was at this stage of his career. To me, like, I that's agree. that's my, the ultimate overriding thing is they misread who he was. They saw the the big winning streak in Indy as this guy can still play at like an MVP level. And the thing is, if you talk to people in India, it's like, yeah, that's when they stopped relying on Carson. He can execute at a decently high level if you don't ask him to do a whole lot, but you need to be able to run, you know, with Jonathan Taylor and and do that, you know, what they did to ride that winning streak. And then they try to rely on Carson a little bit more in those last couple games and it bombed. Well, right. Washington thought that they could, for some reason, you know, get to get to a higher elevated version of Wentz without insulating him in the ways that they did in Indianapolis and the results were disastrous and they should have just known that going in. That's where they missed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I also think they missed in some level in terms of evaluating the the current status of the roster. And I think that's something mm-hmm. that they're not doing this year, which is a good sign. I think they brought Wentz in, Wentz in assuming that the roster was good enough to kind of carry him. And all they needed was this quarterback that was going to kind of tip the roster over the edge. And then when you look at now, they're kind of saying, well, no, we, we need no line. We need to draft another corner. We need an edge rusher. We're talking about rotational edge depth. We need a third down. You know, they have a list of things they need to get taken care of. And that was not the conversation last year. It was like, we are a quarterback away. And I think that, that last year kind of brought into stark focus the state of the roster, actually, you know, in some areas that they needed to improve on. And so when with a young quarterback like Sam Howell, I think those other needs become much more acute because you're assuming that it can't elevate, can't be elevated by the quarterback. Unlike last year, where there was an assumption, a slight assumption that he will be able to cover up, you know, for a subpar offensive line or, you know, maybe a defense that isn't overly dynamic or whatever that is. You know? Yeah, so. I think they also missed on their own line evaluation. I think they thought, obviously, they yeah. were going to get better play from Turner and Norwell. And by the way, at least in Turner's case, they they probably would have if he didn't get hurt. You know, he, he yeah, really think- got set back by that, that quad injury in, in the fall, and he just was never right until they had to sit him down again, and he came back, and he was all right from that point forward. But it just it wasn't what it should have been. Right, and I do think it's important to acknowledge that Norwell – 
while not playing, you know, like a top 10 guard, you know, was a top 50 guard in the NFL, which Brandon Sheriff graded like, you know, 51 or 52, you know, so they're in the same sphere. So the move to save money, not resign Sheriff, bring in Norwell, I think is actually like from a cap standpoint, like a good move. Yeah, I think 100%. a lot of fans are like freaking out because like he wasn't this great player, but he's not going to be a great player. He's going to be like a C plus player. He did that. He was a good pro. I think his mistakes show up in kind of dramatic situations, much like Leno, and people want to rip him apart for it. But I think overall, you kind of say, if they had another kind of elite offensive lineman, maybe a better center, which was a revolving door again, that everyone on that group gets elevated a little bit. And I think you're kind of hoping for that again going into this year. They need to make some really good decisions in the draft at right tackle, at right guard, Cosme, wherever he fits, and at center. And, you know, I think that's these are like this is kind of a make or break type of thing for this team in this offense is, is getting that group. Uh, finalized especially given sam howell yeah no doubt about it it's the hoffman show on the team 980 always live as well on the free odyssey app aj perez with the latest on the ownership stuff in 10 minutes but first last thing uh for you logan other potential cap casualties uh i can give you i can give you uh names and numbers if you'd like um names and numbers would be helpful yeah uh oh you don't know everybody's cap hit off the top of your head <laughs> you call yourself an analyst <laughs> Screw Jeez, you, man. man. What am I doing? I know. Uh, <laughs> all right. Logan Thomas, uh, 32 years old, had a really rough season last year. Injuries really wrecked it. You save, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Um, you save 5.1 by releasing him. He's an interesting one because I do think if you had brought in any other offensive coordinator, he probably would be gone. But because you bring in Eric Bieniemy, a guy who's relied on tight ends, kind of you know, of a certain ilk. And like when you compare Logan to Kelsey, they are, there's similarities to their game, right? They're good hands catchers. They're big athletes. There's a suddenness to their game that is kind of underrated and undervalued. Obviously in Kelsey, he's, he's the best tight end in football, maybe the best tight end of all time. So the comparison's not one-to-one obviously, but maybe you say to yourself, he can stick around. So if they had hired anybody else, I would have said Logan Thomas would probably be out. But I think Eric Bieniemy is going to kind of be able to say, I want playmakers. You have a guy who is around for another year while Armani, while Cole Turner, while uh, Curtis Hodges develops, whatever that looks like. So I would have said 100%, but now I'm a little bit on the fence about it. And I think um, just because of the coordinator, because of the offense, he might stick around. I hear you. I'd still do it. I'd still be like, nope, I I trust EB to get get Armani Rodgers to wherever he needs to go. Former quarterback. Hopefully he's got a little bit of a, a bigger offensive mind. Freaky athlete. Like, I'm good. And, and also, like, yeah, I, you know, it's also kind of the, the thing we talked about with McCain, although this is double the number where it's like, is it worth it? Like, from yeah. 5-1 is a lot of money. Like, that's re-signing Reeves. That's really helpful money for for Curl. Yeah. Like, that's that's big money. It's a big deal. And I, and I think it's also important to say, like, what we talked about earlier when we were doing our draft kind of preview or combine preview, tight end, the tight end position is defined by traits in the NFL. And you have guys with tremendous traits behind a guy who's a little bit older who's taking a big pay pay hit so i could eat like would if he, if they cut him would i be surprised absolutely not am i kind of shifting my focus now that he hasn't been cut already a little bit but yes i think that's another guy to keep an eye on for sure all right uh we just talked about this guy andrew norwell uh you saved 2.28 by cutting him yeah he's a guy that i think again i think he played when you watch down to down he played better than people think and for that number to get a starting caliber slash rotational swing guard on the roster while you're developing a Chris Paul or you draft a young player, I think I'm okay with. But again, there's a guy. Like if you draft a guy and you feel really good about where he's at, you say, 
we feel comfortable moving on from him. But I, I, I don't think his play was like that of, of Turner, for example, where it was detrimental to the offense in, in this hyper-dramatic way. So I think while that name I, – I would, I would lean Logan Thomas before I'd lead, leave, lead uh, Norwell, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, the other thing that you could do is post uh, – let's see, post, post six won him. So like June 1st cut, uh, and you save 4.3. So that lets you right. get through the so draft and then see how your guys like see how Chris Paul shows up to minicamp. And a lot of times these guys get cut with like a post June first designation before all that happens. But like if you legitimately wanted to say in June, like, hey man, thanks, but no thanks. Uh right. saving four point three on point. Andrew Norwell seems like something that would be worth it. Correct. Yeah, that number is much different than the two and a half or whatever you said before. Yeah, uh he's scheduled to make five point oh eight this year. So you save two point eight if you cut him outright. Uh, on this year's. All right. Uh, last last couple of guys here. Um, Curtis Samuel. He's going to cost you thirteen. You save seven point two if you cut him. He also is the closest thing that you have to Tyree Kill. Uh, although Jahan Dotson's, I think, closer to Tyree Kill than people think. Um, right. but Samuel's a guy who can play that running back hybrid role that Tyreek used to play in this offense, and that has been a, continued to be a big part with guys like Kadarius Tony. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, you know, was kind of that, even though he's a primary running back uh, when, in this BNME offense. Any interest in moving on from Curtis Samuel? Yeah, so I think this year in the draft, there's a lot of guys who kind of fit that mold you just described. So if you wanted to, I think there's an opportunity to. I, however, he strikes me as a guy where it's more of a restructure as opposed to a flat-out cut. You know what I mean? I think because, like you said, he does have value. You need multiple weapons. Can you make that cap number a little bit more favorable to the team? I think you can add a year, move some money around. I'd keep an eye on that for, for him if he's open to it. Yeah. Um, I would not, I would, I would not move on from Curtis Samuel. I feel Correct. pretty yes. strongly about that. Um, there's a couple other guys that are like potential restructures, Leno, Rulie, guys like that. Last guy I'll ask you about straight up cut or not, um, would be Kendall Fuller. Um, mm. and we just talked about how they need corners and yeah. by cut, even cutting McCain was like a little bit of an eyebrow raise just because like he was a guy who could play that slot position. But you save eight and a half if you cut Fuller. Wow, um, it's yeah. a huge number. I mean, is so again. There's a guy that after the draft you might want to look at, especially if you draft a guy very high. Like to me, there's two guys that are kind of skeep them not agnostic in the draft: Witherspoon and Gonzalez from Oregon. Witherspoon's from Illinois, and those guys, if they fall to you at 16 or Branch, even then you're kind of like, well, yeah, we can we can make a decision to move on. Specifically, those two guys because they play outside corner. Um, you can never have too many good corners, but I, that is a big number. And, um, yeah, and I also think, you know, you mentioned Chase really. I think he might be medically done at this point. So look for a retirement there, which would save you some money also. But, yeah, I think Kendall is in a really interesting spot, and the teams are really in a really interesting spot with him because if they can get somebody at 16, which is very feasible, or somebody at 48, which, like we talked about with Mike Renner earlier, is very possible, then I could see them easily moving on from, from that and from that number. Yeah, um, the Rulier thing's interesting. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how the retirement money works. Like, you still, there's still some dead cap there, but I think it's the yeah. same as if you cut him. Um, and that would save 4.3. Um, right. So, and that's crazy, too, because they just signed him to that extension. But um, ultimately, yeah. uh, if he's he's done, he's done. And, and after the two major injuries he's had, that certainly seems feasible. All right. Uh, the podcast with Renner is going to be out first thing in the morning. Uh, so if you're listening to this uh, on, on Wednesday in podcast form, either in the Hoffman Show feed uh, or on the Take Command feed, uh, guess what? 
it's already out. Uh, if not, uh, and you're looking forward to listening to it live on the radio, of course, right now, uh, Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus, about 50 minutes of just straight draft nerd talk uh, is going to be in the Take Command feed first thing in the morning. Uh, it might even be on YouTube later today, youtube.com slash at 1067thefan. Some clips on my YouTube page at youtube.com slash at Craig Hoffman. For more from Logan, uh, at Logan underscore Paulson82 on Instagram. Uh, Logan, appreciate you, sir. AJ Perez is next on the Hoffman Show. This is the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app.